Welcome to the Inspire Church Podcast. We hope this message will equip and empower you to reach your God-given potential. Inspire Church is all about loving God, loving people, and inspiring our world. Visit inspirechurch.com.au for more information. We've been uh, in the midst of a series, as you all are well aware, I'm sure, called Stand Firm. And today I'm... uh, titled my message, When the World Around Us Says That We Can't. You know, often we're told so often about what we can't do. The things that, the dreams and the desires that we may have, but yet seem like they're impossible. Can I tell you, our God is not a God that says that we can't. He is a God that says that you can. In His strength, all things are possible, that nothing is too great for Him, that when He places something on the inside, when He gives you a dream, man, let that come alive. Don't bury it because it feels like it's too hard. Let it come alive because, man, when God's anointing comes upon it, all things are possible. Amen? Anyway, that was free. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 15 says this. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. No one lights a lamp, but yet puts and puts a basket on it. It's pointless, right? But yet, I wonder how many of us at times, me included, when we go out of here on a Sunday morning, we put a basket over our relationship with Jesus. Because of what people may think, whether it be family members, workmates, sports team friends, you know, whoever it may be in your world, workplace, school, uni, whatever. God doesn't want us to put a, a basket over the fact that we are passionately in love with Jesus. We are in a world and more and more we see the world try and tell us that we need to keep Christianity silent, that we need to keep it hidden. We get told that we can't say what we believe because of fear of what others would think, fear of you know, being rejected, fear of being told, man, that's stupid, man, that's, that's not for today. What are you on about? But yet God calls us to be a light into the world. God calls us to shine light where there's darkness. Where there's light, darkness cannot remain. That's why Jesus sent you. That's why Jesus put you here for such a time as this. I believe God is calling us as a church to be people who would shine the light of Jesus in the world around us, that we wouldn't stay silent anymore, but yet we would go full of boldness into our areas, into our spheres of life, and we would see God's light shine. But it's going to require you and I to do something. We can't do it if we continue to sit still. We can't do it if we are not prepared to take that step, if we're not prepared to stand firm. Because, see, the enemy wants us to be people who would not tell people about Jesus, not share the impact that Jesus has had on your life. Instead, he wants us to keep it hidden. Can I tell you, your testimony is often the best way that you can bring impact to somebody's life Awesome, tell them about scriptures and what the word says. Yes, there's truth in that 100%. But when you share your testimony, when you tell your workmates, when you tell your family members how Jesus has radically changed your life, how you were once in an addiction, how your marriage was once broken and going nowhere, but yet when you came into a relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden the presence of God changed and your relationship, your marriage was made whole again. 
How when you came into a relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden the chains and the bondages that you tried to see broken off your life, all of a sudden they came off. Yes, it was a process, but yet because I was in a relationship with Jesus, now I walk free. How about we start sharing those testimonies to people? How about we start speaking the power of God that we've seen in our life into our friends, into our workmates? Because wow, all of a sudden then, man, we see God moving. All of a sudden then we take the natural part of who we are, we take that step of faith, then all of a sudden God's supernatural collides with that, and then we see the power of God move. You see, we look at the world and we would say, man, how it's changed over the last 20 or 30 years. How much has it improved? The things that we weren't able to do, now we can do it. We look at technology and how that's changed and how that's such a big part of our daily life. It's not a day goes by where I'm not using some form of technology. And yes, it is awesome. And yes, it's an improvement. I don't want to go back to the stone ages where I have to get a hammer and chisel and knock out a message on a tablet of stone. I don't want to do that. Because I can't spell that way. Spell check does it for me. It's awesome. That's an improvement. Transport, how that has changed. Man, I can get to places way quicker. If I want to go around the world, I don't want to have to do it on a ship. All right, that's way too slow. I want to get there as soon as I can. And I can enjoy that place. I don't want to enjoy a ship on an ocean, you know, with no comforts of home, all that kind of stuff. Man, how transportation has changed. Communication, we can communicate like that, and, and with a touch of a button, we can communicate to someone all around the world. Internet, no longer is there dial-up. Someone's on the phone, the internet goes down. Oh, man, how things have changed. Yes, we would say it's an improvement, yes, but yet, have we really moved forward? As a society, as people, values, have they really moved forward? When you look at teen, teenagers, teen pregnancy is up like never before. The suicide rate is increased like never before. Divorce, single parenting, abortion, and crime have all risen. The lack of manners. How many people do you see who say a yes and a thank you? That used to be so much a part of who we are, where we would train up a generation to be a generation that would say yes and would say thank you. But yet when we hear it now, it's like, well, that's a shock. Where people are so much about living for themselves that it doesn't matter who they hurt along the way. We would be okay about throwing someone under the bus if it means that we look all good. We're happy to speak negative. We're happy to talk someone down behind their back. All these things are so much a part of who we are. But yet we say, wow, man, we've moved forward. How much, how good is it now? Yeah, in some things. But in core values, the way we live, character, integrity, all of that kind of stuff, I think, potentially has gone backwards. But you know what? We don't have to let that be the reason that we'd say, oh, well, it is what it is. I can't do anything about it. I'm just one person. Yep, you are. But one person, connected, full of faith, Standing on the word of God, man, you are far greater, far more dangerous than you realize because, man, that's why the enemy wants to take you out. That's why the enemy would look at you and say, wow, man, this, per this person, man, they're starting to get excited. There's faith that's starting to rise on the inside. They're no longer allowing what they see in the world around them to dictate and determine the way that they live while this person's dangerous. So therefore, I need to do whatever I can to take them out. 
The enemy has a plan. He has a strategy to take you out because he knows you're dangerous. But what about when a church, an auditorium of this many people, start to all of a sudden get a faith on the inside? Start to live a lifestyle where, man, we're going to live according to biblical values. We're going to start to live according to what the Word of God says. We're going to start to, to, to look for opportunities, man, to bring the enemy down. We're going to start to look for opportunities to bring honor to the name of Jesus in, my, in the world around me. Man, how crazy would that be? How awesome where we start to hear testimonies after testimonies of the church starting to stand up, not for being weird and wonderful, but for seeing people healed. Seeing the poor and the impoverished start to, where we start to show, show blessing into their life, where we start to show people kindness, where we start to live differently, but in a way that doesn't downgrade Jesus, doesn't devalue who he is, but brings honor to his name. Yes, there's an enemy that wants to take you out, but we need to stand firm, holding on to the godly biblical values. The enemy's strategy is to get people to exalt themselves above him, to place, as Pastor John spoke about last week, different idols of worship within our life. Where something else, whether it be technology, whether it be money, whether, whatever it is, where that is placed as number one and God is number two, where it needs to be flipped around because that's backwards. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, not seek first your desires, not seek first your dreams, not seek first money, seek first the kingdom. And then everything will be ordered. Then blessing will come. Then the things that you need all of a sudden become possible because we're seeking Jesus first. He wants us to place God further down our priority list where God's either number two or three, but yet he's he's a jealous God. He wants to be number one in your life. He doesn't want to be number two. He wants to be number one. He wants... To be number one in your life. He wants us to place him first. He doesn't want us to be someone who, yes, would have him number one when we walk into church on a Sunday, where we drive in, we pick Jesus up, we say, hey, Jesus, how's it going, man? You're number one in my life. Woohoo, haven't seen you all week, but high five, fist pump it. Missed you, man. Let's go and worship Jesus together. Hands are raised, singing as loud as we can that the person can't hear anything else but your voice next to you, but it's the voice of heaven, it's like angels, that's so all good. And then we leave, and we leave Jesus behind. Man, we need to be taking Jesus with us. Don't leave Jesus behind. Don't hide him under a basket. Let your lifestyle be a light to a world that's dark. The enemy wants to tell us lies like, if it feels good, then do it. Oh, if it feels good, it must be okay. But what does the Bible say? What's the biblical values around that? Live out your own truth and do what you think is right. Place our own desires over anything else, whether it be business, sport, entertainment, money, power, fame, position, different types of pleasure. All these are enticements to shift our focus off God and disempower us as Christians. See, we need to recognize the enemy has a strategy. Funny thing is that he'll often hit you when you're at your weakest. When, when, when we're, it's late at night and we're tired, when we're going through a tough season, He's, a cunt, he's cunning. You look at Jesus, right? He went into the desert for 40 days, 40 nights. The enemy came and tempted him. He hadn't eaten. He was fasting. The enemy tempts, tempts him at his moment of weakness. Jesus hit back at him every time. No, no, the scripture says. The scripture says. 
Because he knows there's power in the word of God. Man, when we feel we're getting tempted, you need to hit the devil, smack him straight in the face with the word of God. Give him a swift uppercut. Here, take this, man. This is what what the word of God says. Boom, right at you. Knock you out. King hit you, boy. First round, that's it. No need to go 12 rounds when you've got Jesus on your side. The enemy wants to get us to focus entirely on something earthly instead of on a God who is all-powerful where the victory is found completely in Him and in Him alone. Victory is not found in anything else. It's found in Him and Him alone. The only power and room that the enemy has to operate in your life is the room that we give him. If we choose to say, you know what, devil, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. You've got no place in my life. When you come and attack me, I'm going to hit you straight back with the word of God. All of a sudden, you're disempowering the authority that the enemy has because he has nothing. He only has the authority that we let him to have. And so often, man, we think he's far stronger, far more powerful than he is. Can I tell you, he is not at all. He is weak, man. He needs to be under your foot. You need to stomp him down on the head, give him a swift kick, whatever you want to do. But let's stand firm. Let's stand up in the authority and the anointing that Jesus has had. 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater. Lives in who? You. Not just me. Probably lives in Pastor John a little bit more. Lives in you. But do we walk around as knowing that the Spirit of God lives in us is greater than the difficulties that we face? In Ephesians, it talks about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Come on, man. We need to start to get excited about this. When the world tells you that you can't, man, you need to stand up and say, you know what? Yes, I can because greater is, me, is he who lives in me because he powers me. He gives me the authority to be able to walk out the plans and the purposes that I have, that Jesus has for my life, sorry. He gives me the ability to be able to stand firm when it seems tough. Man, I've held on to that scripture all through my Christian life. Because, yep, there are times I feel I don't have the ability. There are times I feel weak. There are times I feel incapable. There are times where I'm like, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm out of my depth, that I'm sinking more than I'm swimming. But yet, when I read that scripture, all of a sudden, faith starts to get ignited on the inside. All of a sudden, I start to get alive. I start to change the way I look. Don't look at my natural circumstances anymore. Instead, I, because the Word of God is alive, right? It's a living thing. It's not dead. It's all true. There's power in what we speak. So we need to declare the word of God over our situation and then watch it turn. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4, For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and He will give you the victory. You don't need to do it in your own strength because God says, No, 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 I will give you the victory. All you need to do is partner with me and then go together. All you need to do is take the basket off Jesus and walk with Him. And watch what he will do. Daniel, who we've been talking about over the last few weeks, faced the same pressures as we do. When the king made that law that for 40 days you can't worship any other God but him, what was Daniel to do? Daniel 6 verse 4 and 5. Then the other administrators and the high officers began searching for a fault in the way Daniel was handling the government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. Because they hated Daniel, because the king loved Daniel. Daniel was the king's favorite. So they wanted to knock him off. They were jealous by that. So they tried to find something, but yet couldn't find one thing 
depend on him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded the only chance of finding grounds of accusing Daniel will be in the connection with the rules of his religion. Then we see, jump up to verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down, as usual, in his upstairs room with the window wide open towards Jerusalem. He prayed there. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. I love Daniel's response in this tough situation. Here's Daniel. He finds himself at a crossroads moment like we often do in life today. We're at the crossroads. We have a choice to make, either to walk the path that God wants us to walk, that would bring honor to his name, but yet knowing that the consequences may not be what we think it may mean that we get hassled. It may mean that, you know, people don't want to be our friends or whatever it is, but yet we have that choice to make. Or we choose to walk down the other way, instead of standing firm on our biblical values, walk down the other way, allowing the world to influence us. Daniel had that same choice to make. Either bow down to culture that was around him, or stand firm on what he knew was right. I love Daniel. He didn't panic. He didn't freak out. He didn't argue about how unjust or unfair the situation is. He didn't allow fear to drive his decision. Instead, he simply did what he had always done. And he prayed three times a day. Man, that's courage. That's a steadfastness and what God has called him to. That's standing firm right there. Not bowing down to the culture, but yet standing firm in what he knows God has asked him to do. We can't stand firm in our own strength, but yet when we choose to take our eyes off our weakness and our circumstances and we look to the one who provides the strength that we need, then all things are possible. We can't remain focused on the difficulties. We've got to get our eyes and lift them to the one who makes all things possible. Anytime we have a crossroads moment and the culture around us sends us reeling, then we must hold on to our core convictions and never take our eyes off Jesus. Can I ask you this morning, what's your core convictions? Do you have any? Are they based on what is biblically right? Because if one, if we don't know what our core convictions are, when crossroads come, you'll just go with the, where everyone else is going. You'll follow the crowd because you have no core values and you have no convictions. If your convictions aren't biblically based, then I would encourage you to look at what, what the Bible says and make that change. Because again, when crossroads moments come, if it's not biblically based, or we don't even know what the Bible says, then we'll just follow the crowd. We need to choose what our convictions are, what our values are, before we hit that crossroads moment. So when we get there, we know what, what direction that we're going to take. It will take courage for us to stand firm. Daniel's courage and faithfulness was shown in the way that he lived. The fact that they tried to find something to accuse him by, but yet couldn't find anything. That speaks of integrity. That speaks of good godly character. What's our integrity like? What's our character like? Then he had the courage to continue to pray, knowing what the outcome would be. It was Daniel's courage in the midst of the trial that set up God's display of faithfulness when he was in the lion's den. It was Daniel's courage, the fact that he stood firm in the midst of the trial, that when the outcome came of him being put in the lion's den, all of a sudden we see God's faithfulness. If we can't stand firm in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the crossroads moment, 
then it's very hard for God's faithfulness to come through because we're walking down a path that is not honoring to Him. But yet, when we choose to stand firm, although it may be tough, although it may not be easy, although people may not like you, although you may get hassled, but yet when you choose to stand at that crossroad moment, then all of a sudden you position yourself to see God's faithfulness in your circumstances. We all have seasons in life where we need God to break through, where we need God to answer prayer, where we, need, where we want God to come through for our life in a big way, where we want to see that our God is still the God that does impossible things. We hear about it, but we want to see it. But you know what? If we want to see God's faithfulness in our time of need like Daniel did, then we need to be prepared to show our faithfulness to him every day of our life. Does it mean that you can never make mistakes? Of course not. We make mistakes, 100%. I stuff up all the time, ask my wife. Good, no laugh, that's awesome. You're like, what, dude? Yes. Doesn't mean we need to be perfect. But when we make a mistake, man, we get back up again. We ask Jesus, forgive me, Lord. Lord, make me new. Father, change the way that I've been living. Lord, help me to next time I'm faced with that crossroads moment that, Lord, I wouldn't make that same mistake, but yet I would choose you. I would choose to honor you. God's a gracious God, but his grace is not there for us to continue to make the wrong decision. His grace is there to empower us to walk in freedom, to walk in victory that God's designed for us to walk in. If we want to see God use us powerfully, then we need to be okay with people knowing that we live a life after Jesus Christ. We need to be okay about removing the basket so people can see the fact that we are in a relationship with Him. Courage to speak up when what you believe isn't possible. It may not be, it may not be easy, but yet the rewards are eternal. I love this, courage. Courage is about continuing to believe even when everything around you says the opposite. Courage is remaining in a place of faith and not letting fear rob you of the miracle that God would have you to walk in. Courage is stepping out of the unknown to walk out the call of God on your life. There'll be times where God will ask you to get out of your boat. There'll be times where God will ask you to take that step of faith, and it feels like if you take it, you might fall into who knows what. But can I tell you, when you take that step of faith, God will meet you every time. Courage is stepping into the places that may make you uncomfortable, but yet. It's when you're uncomfortable that you'll see God move. Courage looks up, stands up, and it speaks up. Courage firstly looks to Jesus, knowing that without Him, we can't stand in courage. But then courage will cause us to stand up for what is right, where we would choose to stand up based on what God's biblical value is. But then it also speaks up. I personally, for my life, I believe if I don't speak up in a situation that is not honoring to God, then it's a passive form of agreement. Because we often think, yeah, if I'm not joking around with that joke that's inappropriate, or if I'm not doing the thing that the people who I'm hanging with are doing, then it's okay. But you know, no, God calls us to be the light. He calls us to shine light in dark moments, in dark situations. He calls us to stand up. And He calls us to speak up. Not to bring condemnation on them or anything like that, but to speak up with love. I love that. Stand firm and love well. Speak up in a way that is not condemning, that is not full of judgment, because, man, none of us can do that because we all make mistakes. But when we speak out of a place of love to see them move forward, 
when we speak truth in love, all of a sudden we start to see God move. Hey, man, I don't agree with what you're doing. Hey, you know, I don't think we should be doing this, but I'm not going to be a part of it. If you guys want to continue doing it, then cool, I'm out. Otherwise, why don't we change what we're doing now and let's go and do something else? Speak in a way that brings love. The key to courage comes from spending time with Jesus. The band can come and join me. Deuteronomy verse 31, uh, chapter 31, verse 6 says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. And do not panic before them. For the Lord, your God, will personally go ahead of you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. I love that. So be strong and what? Courageous. Not be strong and timid. Not be strong and fair-led, but be strong and courageous. When we stand up with strength and courage and we're not afraid, I love that, and do not panic. How often, man, is it when a situation doesn't work out the way we think it should or the way we expected it to, all of a sudden we just freak out. It's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I don't know what to do anymore. But God says, don't panic. Continue to be strong. Be courageous. Don't let fear. Dictate your life, don't panic. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. God's gone before you. He's laid out the path before you. And all we need to do is to just continue to walk down that path. Yep, things may come to try and knock you off. But yet, if we continue to remain on the path that Jesus has for us, then all of a sudden, we see the power of God move. We see that we will have and do have the ability to be able to stand firm. We have the ability to be able to bring honor to the name of Jesus, and whatever your area of life is. My challenge to us this week is, would we look for an opportunity to bring honor to the name of Jesus? Would we look for an opportunity, whether it be in your workplace, whether it be at home, family, maybe with family members that don't know Jesus, in your schools or your universities? Whatever the area is in your life, would we look for opportunities where we could stand firm and bring honor to the name of Jesus. But don't do it without being prayed up. Don't do it without spending time with Jesus. Don't do it without saying, come on, Jesus, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need a bit of courage this week. I, I don't want my life to just be an ordinary life. I don't want to do life and just do it ordinary like everybody else. Man, I want my life to count. I want my life to be one where, man, I would see God's name honored, where I would see miracles take place, not only for my life, but for the, for the world around me, for the people that I'm involved with, for the people that I have a relationship with. I want to see miracles in their life too. I want to see them walk and break through as well. But I know it starts with me. It starts with my ability to be able to stand firm, to have courage, to make right choices, to in, when I'm in those moments, to bring honor to the name of Jesus. When I'm in those moments where, yes, it looks like I could fall, where, yes, it looks like if I take a step of faith that, man, this might just go terribly wrong. But yet, hey, if you make a mistake, who cares? Get back up again. Let's not be a church where we would choose to not dare to believe, where we would choose to not step out in faith and tell someone about Jesus and bring honor to his name, where we would, you know, we would see miracles take place in our workplace. If someone says they're sick, don't just, oh, well, maybe go to the doctor. How about we say, hey, dude, I'm a Christian. Let me pray for you. There we are. That's courage. You can say, yeah, it's easy for you. You're a pastor. Yeah, but I have to work with Christians all day. That's hard work. I got to try and stir Christians up, man. You guys... You know, how many more non-believers do you get to hang out with than I do? It's way easier. Come on. Can we stand?
Can we lift both hands to Jesus this morning? Jesus, we declare your presence in this place. Jesus, we declare that, Lord, we'd bring honor to your name. Jesus, we declare we wouldn't be fearful. We wouldn't allow our life to be one that we would hide our Christianity under a basket. Lord, we declare that God would be full of boldness, would be full of courage to be able to make decisions where we would stand firm and bring honour to Your name. Lord, where we would have the ability to step out. Lord, where where You would give us the courage to even pray for people who are sick. Hey, we might not know the right words, but God, we thank You. It's not about what we say, it's about the spirit that we go with. We can say something as simple as be healed in Jesus' name. God, we thank You that You'd anoint that. God, we pray courage to be able to stand thank you for listening to this life transforming message for service times upcoming events or to find out more about Inspire Church log on to inspirechurch.com.au